Welcome to the Iowa Blue Showcase, episode number 31. All right. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving for those of you here in the States and to everybody else. Had a wonderful week. A, uh, a note from episode 130 that if you were wondering why there was a... Uh, drop-offs on that uh, when I use my uh, my Mac uh, the, the, I have a uh, just a regular Mac big gigantic Mac <laughs> I call it the big Mac but it's, you know it's one of those integrated all into the to the uh, display unit and uh, for some reason, it's it's not that old, but uh, I did buy it used uh, from Granby University. And for some reason, reason uh, it for when it, when I'm uh, mixing down uh, the podcast, it will. It just, I, I think it's just too much information, and it just kind of, every once in a while, there'll be a drop-off. And uh, for some reason, as it gets older, <laughs> there are more and more of those, so they're becoming more noticeable. So I don't use it very often. I, I, uh, I try to use my MacBook, which uh, does a lot better job. Uh, so... If you're wondering why, every once in a while there's a drop-off. Now, some of it could be your connection on the internet, and I would love to blame the internet for that, but uh, most of the time it's probably on my end. Now, the master on those is okay, but because I'm using an older version of GarageBand, I can't uh, mix it down on my MacBook, and so there's the rub. So... Uh, kind of frustrating there. Anyway, hope that uh, things are going good. Uh, I just want a, a shout out to California first off. Uh, uh, just the tragic wildfires going on there, uh, especially the the one called the Camp Fire. Uh, at this point, over eighty, I think it's eighty five people dead, and they're still. Uh, hundreds missing. I mean, this is just uh, unimaginable uh, what happened. And so uh, our heart goes out to all those people in California. Uh, and uh, also uh, want to say hi to the new listeners, uh, uh, especially uh, in, believe it or not, California. We've uh, almost, Iowa's always been like the number one download area, uh, but California's got within 50 in this last 30 days, which is saying a lot because we get a lot of downloads from here in Iowa. You know, being the Iowa Blue Showcase kind of makes sense, but uh, uh, wow. So uh, thank you out there to all the people out there in California. Hang in there and thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. Um, just, uh, yeah, I, wow, it's, you know, it's been terrible, uh, 
you know, when I think about what's going on in California, I mean, it seems like that uh, it's been burning nonstop uh, for a couple of years. And uh, uh, people need to wake up and realize that, uh, that uh, we're kind of messing around with the, with the climate, with all the stuff we put up in the, in the air. And, you know, you may not believe that, but the science is in. And it's nearly 100% uh, certain. I mean, you, you, you can find 2% of scientists that say it's something else. Uh, but they're wrong. It, it's pretty darn obvious. And uh, we really need to start taking care of the planet, people. So it's the only one we got. And uh, we're not going to Mars or the moon to live on. So uh, let's fix this planet. All right? Okay. All right. So uh, tonight, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's our segment, isn't it? Oh, I forget what I'm doing sometimes. All right. Let's hear it for Letters Jono. Letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. letters. All right. Letters, letters, letters. All right, Faye from California writes, uh, who was the second artist on show 130? Uh, that would be Patrick Hazel. I am sorry, I did not mention his name. He is in the show notes, so if you look at the show notes, he is there. Uh, Patrick Hazel is a uh, Iowa Blues Hall of Fame piano player, and I believe that particular recording, if you go back and listen to it, because you should, uh, <laughs> Uh, episode 130, uh, he's playing all that at one time by himself. He was the, called the one-man band. He plays piano, harmonica, he had a drum set up. Uh, I can't remember what else he had, but uh, it was always fun to, uh, to watch him play when he was doing that one-man band stuff. I don't think he's doing that anymore because that was, good God, that was 20 years ago or more. Oh. Probably more, probably closer to 30. Oh, Jesus. No, 20, 25. Right here, 30, 30, 35, 45, 45, 50, 50, 50, 50. No, okay, at 25, sorry. <laughs> All right, letter number two. Sue from Iowa writes, it's never too soon for Christmas or Bob Dorr and the Blue Band. Yes, Sue, you are correct. Uh... That was also from last week's show. I uh, mentioned too soon, and uh, but it isn't. And uh, Bob, of course, for those of you here in Iowa here, uh, you know that, that Bob is synonymous with Christmas and Christmas blues, and he's got a couple of great Christmas CDs out there uh, somewhere. I, I don't know if he still has... His webpage where you can buy that stuff, but I'm sure he does. I think it's blueband.com. Check that out. Or uh, check out Bob Door on Facebook, and uh, he can help you out. Uh, but, but he is the, uh, the Christmas blues man, that is for sure. All right, letter number three is Joe from Michigan. Uh, is there a piano equivalent to Delta Blue style? Uh, okay. Um, I'm sorta. Uh, 
Not really. Uh, Guitar was the the instrument of choice, uh, or banjo, um, kazoo. uh, I'm trying to think. you know, jug, you know, that harmonica, yeah, just various instruments that you can take with you, although there probably were pianos in uh, these places. Um, and I know that uh, uh, Robert Johnson was influenced by a, a couple of piano players. Um, and but, you know, one of the things is, is piano players had a variety of things that they could do. And the other thing, too, uh, with Robert Johnson that people don't understand, he, he was playing a variety of stuff um, because, uh, you know, when, when you're uh, being a, a blues uh, man, um, you know, you, you're entertaining the crowd and uh, you're not always... Uh, playing blues, you're playing a variety of stuff, and and uh, I know that uh, uh, some of these uh, guys are were were influenced in playing uh, a bunch of different things. Uh, here we go, Leroy Carr. Um, he was a uh, piano player that uh, uh, influenced people like Nat King Cole and Ray Charles. Uh, but uh, also supposedly had an influence on Robert Johnson as well. Um, and, uh, you know, piano players, um, you know, if you, if you look at, like, the early early blues, uh, it, it, w- it would have been a, a little different, and Ragtime certainly would have had an influence on some of that, and Barrel House... So, and, and eventually Boogie Woogie and things like that. Um, I don't know. It, it's, like I said, it's, it's really complicated because blues is so varied and there's so many different styles and, and a lot of it's just regional. Uh, what you would have heard in, uh, you know, the Delta in Mississippi is going to be completely different from what you would hear in Kansas City or St. Louis or Chicago or Memphis or... Uh, Dallas. I mean, it just, you know, it's just different places had different, uh, you know, styles and stuff. But yeah, you would have, there probably would have been a beautiful piano and you would have heard kind of a barrel house and uh, Scott Joplin-ish type stuff. Uh, And, uh, you know, (laughs) that's just kind of the where where it's at (laughs) as far as uh, what you would have found, but as far as like a you know somebody that would have been like Robert Johnson playing piano in a, that kind of a style, uh, you know, I'm probably there probably were. I just am not aware of anybody, and I'm sure somebody out there in podcast land will write back and tell me, dude, what about? And then so then I'll go, oh yeah, sorry, uh, wasn't thinking. Uh, so there you go. That's letters. Letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. So tonight's podcast is another one of those weird tapes that I found. And I don't know um, when it was recorded or or why it was recorded. I don't even remember doing it. That's why it's weird. Uh, 
it's got to be early 90s, and it's like two different things on it. One is a studio recording that I have no clue recording it. I don't know when I did it or who I did it with, but I have an idea because there's a sax player in it, and the songs that I'm doing, and just the way my voice sounds, that it's got to be early 90s, like 92. Got to be, because Billy Birch is playing saxophone. I was playing with Billy Birch uh, 91, 92, probably 93, a little bit of 93. So it has to be in that particular uh, time period. Um, and then uh, I, the guitar player... Probably is Harry Michaels and Steve Green on the drums. And I have no clue who the bass player is. It's certainly not uh, Jimmy Farr because uh, one of the songs, Love Sick Blues, Jimmy Farr invented the whole bass line for that. Uh, that uh, on the, any recording you heard uh, that I played in you know, the past other shows, uh, those are all recorded much later, so this is a really early uh, version of it, though I wrote it in 1988, so, um, and so I couldn't tell you who the bass player was. I don't think it was uh, Jay Weaver, because I think he had already, I'm pretty sure he had, no, maybe it was, it could be Jay Weaver, but again, I I don't even know why, it's it's, just, it's a track, uh, multi-track recording, which and I don't know where I would have done it. I mean, I don't remember doing it unless maybe it was in Lee Bell's basement. That's a possibility. Um, because the other side of the tape, and it's, it's not long. It's going to be kind of a short night tonight. Um, the other side of the tape is uh, two songs from a live recording that we did um, at Connie's. We, we, every once in a while, used to do these blues bashes. would include my band... And you'll listen, Johnny and the Soul Searcher. So this is is early on, again, probably about 92-ish, um, because it's still Johnny and the Soul Searchers. Uh, so that's before even I was playing with the Soul Searchers, because after Johnny left, then I played with them for, oh, I don't know, like a cup of coffee or something. It was like maybe two, three months. Uh, and then they... Uh, they went with their four-piece and had a lot of magic happen after that. And uh, Scotty and the Wingtips. Um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't have recordings of them. I do remember Lee recording that show. I know Jimmy Smith played drums. I'm pretty sure Jay Weaver was on the bass, and Dave Nesbitt played guitar, and Billy Birch on sax. So the live recordings, I'm pretty sure who was on that. And I know it's Jimmy Smith just because of the drumming. And, and just a story about Jimmy Smith, not to be confused with the, the great uh, organ jazz and blues player. Uh, but Jimmy Smith was a drummer here in town and was a, a magnificent uh, jazz, funk, blues, soul, whatever you wanted he could do. He was a professional. And uh, I don't even know why he played with me because <laughs> he was really that good. And uh, I, re I, I remember... That particular night when we were recording, uh, I thought it was off the whole night because I was trying to play to him, not realizing with Jimmy Smith, you just got to play. And he and 
Because he, he said, and I, this is what he always said, he says he likes the music to breathe. And you think it's really weird as a drummer because he, you know, he should be keeping the beat straight, right? He's keeping it going. Tonk, tonk, tonk. But, but him, uh, he, he would just, you would just, if you listened to him, you, would, you could fall off a cliff because he just would, sometimes he would like skip a beat or do something really strange. And you'd swear the whole thing is bad. And then you listen to the tape and you go, holy shit, it was that good. Uh, because he just, he just, he was music, man. <laughs> I said, that was just, you know, and when you listen to him live, every band I ever heard him play, amazing. But I, I have to admit, whenever I played with him, the first few times, I had to really get used to that fact that, that he was going to go with the music and you just had to keep playing because he would be there. He'd catch you, you know? But if you were too busy just trying to follow him, which is what I do, uh, I hate to say that, I still do that. I mean, it, I go with wherever the drummer leads me. <laughs> so, uh, with the exception of Jimmy, because once I got used to Jimmy, then I was like, okay, I know what to do now. Just keep playing. But, uh, you know, like with Scotty or with Rick or whoever I'm playing with now, it's like I, I, I listen and I just, uh, you know, I, I follow with them. I, if they start to speed up, especially Scotty likes to do that as the song moves on, he, he starts picking up the tempo. And uh, I know that dancers love dancing to it, and I got a feeling that's the way he does it. He, he gets you going, and, and as the thing's going, it's like the tempo picks up and keeps going faster and faster, and the people are really dancing and going around, and the swing dancers are throwing each other and stuff, and it's like, Wow. So, uh, and I know none of that is probably what you should learn to do as a drummer. Because <laughs> you're supposed to be a metronome. You're supposed to have the same tempo from beginning to end, but yeah, I got to let the music breathe. And uh, so I've been very blessed with the musicians that, can, that do that. All right. So anyway, uh, again, this will be, uh, I don't know, five, six, eight, six, seven songs, I don't know. Uh, but some really good stuff, and, uh, uh, and it's interesting. I, uh, uh, it, one thing I know that I've learned is that uh, when in blues, the older you get, the better you are. And so it's like, wow, I may have been able to hit higher notes, and, uh, but I think I'm a far better singer today than I was back then. Uh, and it's not bad, uh, but it's just I sang differently back then, and I was kind of one-dimensional. Uh, but it worked for me then. And now I have a bigger arsenal in my vocals, so I, I can do all those songs better. <laughs> all right, let's listen to, I guess we'll call it just uh, Tom Gary Blues Band, but I, like I said, I don't know who's on some of this stuff, but uh, enjoy, and uh, we'll talk to you later on the Iowa Blues Showcase.
baby, let's love again. I ain't had no loving and I can't say when she's real fine woman. She like the boogie all night long. Draw this together, keep the boogie woogie on my mind. Alright, one more
Yeah. 
misses. All right. That's pretty good. Uh, and uh, somewhere in the archive, I've been trying to find it. I know I have that whole show, that live show, on a cassette somewhere. So hopefully I can find that. Um, but I just have me. I don't have uh, the Soul Searchers or the Wingtips. That would have been cool if I had them too. Uh, and uh, so those, those songs were recorded by Lee Bell. And somewhere, also in the archive, I have a, uh, my last show at the Grand Avenue Lounge before I went to Kansas City. Uh, I had, oh, what a, it's a bizarre story. Uh, so I'd come back from Kansas City, and I was here in town for about a year, and, uh, you know, I was really enjoying music, and I had a lot of success, and, uh, but I had no day job, and so I've been looking for a teaching job, and I end up finding, uh, interviewing for a job in Kansas City at a uh, Catholic school. And uh, during the whole discussion, there was no discussion about money or benefits or anything, or even a contract. <laughs> and so I go down there, and, uh, uh, and uh, you know, I'm kind of excited. to see all my old friends, and, uh, you know, I'm going to play, hopefully play some music down there, and, and uh, you know, and have this job, and and so <laughs> I, I uh, you know, uh, the first day there uh, seems okay, and I go find me an apartment and put some money down on that, and uh, move my stuff in, and uh, you know, and so I I go to the like second or third day, and still no contract or no benefits or nothing, and. I'm like kind of getting concerned, and I have a lot of thoughts about it. And then I've been there for about a week, and school hadn't started. And I'm like, you know, what's going on? And it just was one of these situations where uh, I didn't even know if I was hired by these people. And so I just kind of said to the principal, it's like, um, I think I'm heading back to Iowa. <laughs> this, this just doesn't sound or feel right. And she was like, you know, I'd be really angry if, if we had a contract, but since you don't have a contract, then yeah, it's no big deal. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, what? <laughs> because uh, I don't know what the deal was there. Uh, and I didn't stick around to find out because uh, after a week there and and never got paid for that week or anything, and uh, no timesheets or no nothing, no signing in. Yeah, it was a little weird. So I uh, checked out and headed back to Iowa, and uh, that was a tough decision because I just thought about it and thought about it and thought about it for, I guess, three or four days, just stewing about what to do, and then I just finally decided that I got to go. So that came back. And uh, came back to nothing. <laughs> and started all over again. But, you know, that's the way it goes. So, anyway, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you had a great uh, Thanksgiving for those of you here in the States, for those of you that listen 
out overseas and around the world. Hope you had a great week. Hope things are good for you. Uh, hope that the blues is helping chase the blues away. Uh, hope that you're enjoying our music. And please, uh, if you like things, uh, give us a comment. Uh, send us uh, a letter at tgary62 gmail.com. Uh, give us a like. Uh, share. Please, anything. Just uh, let's get the word out. Let people know about the Isle Blue Showcase. That would really help. And I hope y'all have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week on the Iowa Blues Showcase.